Hello, hello. Welcome or welcome back to the Seems Like Diet Culture podcast. My name is Mallory Page. I am a registered dietitian and I am also your host. If you are new here, I am overjoyed to have you. And this podcast is a place where we discuss nutrition, wellness, fitness, body image, ED recovery, healing your relationship with food topics. And I give a non-diet perspective that you may not hear when you're regularly searching through media around this stuff because diet culture just infiltrates so much. And so I always hope that when you leave this podcast, you at the least have a different perspective, but at the most, you have a better idea of how to engage with something that you may be coming across around your body. Today's topic is only fitting because... When I'm recording this, actually, when you guys are listening to this too, because it comes out tomorrow, we are right on the precipice of May. And I feel like May is that turning point into where it starts to feel more like summer. I am slightly jaded because I live in Austin, Texas right now. And so I feel like a lot of times feel like summer here. But when I think about growing up in Colorado, I definitely felt like May was where the tide started to turn or at least towards the end of it. And Even if we weren't ready for it based off the weather, we were like wearing shorts with Ugg boots and crazy stuff that (laughs) never really made sense to do. But regardless of my reminiscing, I have been getting a lot of messages as well in my DMs of people saying similar things, that they feel like that stress of summer being upon us has been bringing up a lot of feelings and emotions and worry and concern. And so I wanted to be able to talk through that today and to kind of go at it from a few different perspectives and standpoints, talk about the physical and tangible aspects of this, you know, the real world, how to physically be physically comfortable during the season, then also the emotional and mental aspects and how to set yourself up for success mindset-wise, and then also the aspect of other people, how to deal with triggering comments and conversations and all of that good stuff. So we're going to dive into all of that in this podcast, and I hope you walk away with a toolkit of things that you can utilize for this season. Now, I will say that if you do struggle with your relationship to food, exercise, and body image, it is so powerful to work on this during the summer. I feel like it's sometimes counterintuitive that people would think, oh, either do it at the beginning of the year or the end of the year. But with having run Live Unrestricted now, this will be my eighth time with our group starting in May, I've seen how powerful it can be to just head on work through these challenges in the summer and not just wait for the beginning of the new year or the end of the year. Because then you get to do the hard work of being in that summer season, being around the shorts and bikinis when you are healing. And I just don't want you guys to feel discouraged from doing that out of fear. And if you are someone that feels like you resonate with these struggles, I hope this podcast helps you. But if you feel like you're needing more, more support, more recommendations, more of that overall approach for how to work through these things. We are currently accepting applications for our next group of Live Unrestricted that starts in the middle of May. I am so freaking hyped about this group already because we are 70% full and the women that are already in there are so incredible. I can't even put words to it. 
So that community aspect as you're navigating these summer seasons and triggering body comments and everything is so powerful. But then also having the specific steps that you need, having weekly calls where you get supported and information, being able to ask 24-7 questions of me and the other dietitians that are in the group that work with me. It's just, it makes for such a different experience. And then at the end of 12 weeks, you walk away and you're ready to take on the rest of the year, the holidays, everything, even the end of summer was so much more of a balanced mindset and it leads itself to so much more life that you're able to live. So there are very few spots left. If you are interested, I would apply now and the link will be in the show notes. And I hope that you get to talk to my team or I here very, very soon. I should mention too that Applying is no risk. You get a free consult. If we think it's a good fit on that consult, then you will have the opportunity to join and even then you don't have to. So just know that. Without further ado though, let's get into the topic. We're going to start off with the physical and tangible aspects and how to feel comfortable during the quote unquote bikini season, which I should preface before we even get into it. I feel like all of you guys know that there's no such thing as a bikini body. Everybody has a bikini body. You don't need to prep for summer and all of that good stuff. But I feel like for me, when I was struggling, none of that stuff really resonated in the sense of like, okay, cool. I can deal with this. Like everyone has a bikini body. I love that reframe and it's powerful, but at the same time, it didn't make me feel more comfortable. So that's kind of what my goal is with this podcast. So let's start off with Number one, how to make yourself feel more comfortable. I know that this seems silly, but wear something that you feel comfortable in. I just think there's so much pressure to wear these kind of swimsuits that are trending to match the crowd, but I really feel like we should be pushing back against that. Like, you don't have to be wearing a skimpy bikini if you don't want to. You don't have to be wearing the trending swimsuit colors or styles. You can wear exactly what you want. Also, this is a complete tangent, but have you guys seen the skim swimsuits that are smaller? The actual front part is smaller than a tortilla chip. I just like want to know the logistics there. (laughs) I just want to learn a little more about how that is supposed to work. But seriously, you don't have to wear any of those swimsuits, but especially not the skim swimsuit. And you should wear what makes you feel comfortable, whether that be a one piece, it's a tank, is tankini even a word? It's high rise, it's low rise, whatever that looks like, even if it is the trending beta suit that's out there, make sure that you feel good in it and you try it on and you feel like that's what makes you feel good. There is so much opportunity now because swimwear brands have seen such a huge desire and push for inclusion and diversity over the past couple years. So there are a lot of swimwear brands now that do work a lot more on the different types of bathing suits and fitting different body types and all of those really awesome things. And I also would say that it would be really valuable to think about owning a variety of different types of swimsuits that accommodate your mental space on the particular day that you may be going to the beach, going to lay out and tan, heading to the pool, or whatever else it may be. A really cool brand is 
one called Honey Mark. They have swim rompers and dresses and higher coverage slash skorts and different stuff, which especially could be great for someone that's a mom and is going to the pool with the kid and, you know, you want to lay out, but at the same time you, and maybe get in the water, but maybe you're more just sitting on the side and you can have something like this. It doesn't have to be a mom. I just thought of that example because I remember my mom talking about this stuff with me when she was younger, how sometimes she's like, I don't really just always want to lay in my bikini, but I don't want to sit there in my normal clothes either. And I loved this idea for that. They call it swim leisure, which I think is genius. And other brands that are gray are geode swimwear. They're very casual, higher coverage bikini, sea fancy, which is more of athletic short swimwear, and Albion swimwear. It keeps a very feminine look if that's something that you're interested in, but they also offer more coverage. And the last thing I would say that's not a brand, but it's just don't be afraid to wear the one-piece swimsuit. I feel like there was this point in time, at least in my life when I was younger, like high school, that I was like, it's not cool to wear one pieces. It's like, who cares? One pieces are cool and they're comfy and they keep everything in. So just wearing whatever feels like sounds good to you. Now, number two, and this one can be hard for some people, but eating consistently throughout the day. How many times have you thought about either changing what you were going to eat or not eating or not eating as much before you go to the beach to look a certain way, quote unquote, have the flat stomach, not be bloated. Not only is this not going to help you feel your best because you're already going into it, fixating on your body and food instead of the experience, but number two, you're not going to feel the best if you have low blood sugar and haven't eaten because this makes you feel irritable, moody, anxious, worried, you could develop a headache. You could faint. It's just not a helpful headspace to be in because you already probably are a little nervous and now you're adding fuel to the fire in terms of your physiology of what's going on in your body to make you feel even worse. Plus, if you don't eat the same amount during the day or you don't eat what foods sound good to you or whatever else it may be, this can also lead to a binge, which can make you feel even worse about your body. And I know that this may not be relatable for everybody, but I remember in college, we would go out in swimsuits. Yes, I know. Craziness. And a lot of people would try and do exactly what I'm saying beforehand, but then they would be drinking on top of it. And this would lead them into a binge because they were like lower inhibitions, restricting themselves. And then they would feel horrible and it would start this whole binge restrict type of cycle. Last but not least, in terms of physically feeling your best, staying grounded. Easier said than done, right? But I don't know about you. I just get so irritable if I overheat, if I go into sensory overload, if I don't just go into these type of situations with the right mindset. I have spoken about on my Instagram story before how sensory or people that are sensitive to sensory stimuli, they can be triggered around body image because of those feelings or triggered in any way. And if you don't resonate with the word triggered, you could be, say, agitated or affected. So you want to remember this if that's something that you resonate with. You know, bringing a hat and some protection, bringing water, 
Having anything else that may help you if you get overwhelmed at the beach, you know, can sounds be overwhelming to you, so you want to bring some headphones? Do you feel like you need something to focus on, like a good book or some cards that you could play? Are you going to lay out and tan and what makes you feel comfortable so that you're not, you know, in getting too hot from the sun? I know that these things seem really silly, but at the same time, this is the type of stuff that can really set us overboard, send us overboard, <laughs> and we don't even know it. So another pro tip on that, though, is if you get really sandy on the beach, I should say when you get sandy, and that stresses you out, you can also bring baby power, powder, sorry, and that can help to get off the sand, which is a great tip. Literally, just the idea of walking through soft sand that's hot is giving me a adverse stress response right in this moment. I can deal with wet sand, but something about dries, oh my gosh. And what's worse? Is it worse to take off your shoes or is it worse? Well, first, is it worse to be in flip-flops than having the sand seeping in? Ugh. Number two, is it worse to be that weirdo going in tennis shoes to go lay out at the beach and then having to put those tennis shoes back on if you go in the water and then your feet are wet? Or three, is it worse to be barefoot where you really get the fullest feeling, but at the same time, at least there's not that friction between the flip-flop and that. That's a complete tangent for any of my sensory effective girls. Um... Then also just understanding, too, that your body may feel a little bit puffier or more swollen in the heat. I've had conversations with people where this really stresses them out, but I just want you to know that this is a natural process, and this happens to literally everyone. You know, all your blood vessels expand, and this helps your body to cool down when you get hot. And so just remembering that, you may feel a bit puffier than normal and even more tired because the heat zaps you. This doesn't mean, first of all, that it's different. It's noticeably different to other people, but also, number two, that you need to stress about this. So I hope that those are helpful in terms of the more physical aspects of getting comfortable. But now let's go into the more emotional and mental aspects of getting comfortable because I think these can honestly be even harder. So to start it off, I feel like one of the biggest challenges that comes up when you're going to be in a bikini or shorts or whatever else it is, is our concern for other people judging us, what they think about us, other people comparing themselves to us. And this is what can make us feel really insecure or worried. Now, I'm not negating the fact that our own perception of ourselves can affect how we feel and our excitement for an experience, but oftentimes, if we're just in a swimsuit by ourselves, that's very different than then going out in public and being around others. So one thing that I think is really important to remember is that we think about ourselves more than other people are thinking about us. And I know you've probably heard this before, so I actually wanted to bring out the big guns and give you some research studies that we have that actually prove this. In 1997, Dunbar and Marriott discovered that most conversations people talk about are their own relationships and experiences. People are usually only trying to convey information about themselves to other people. In 2013, Tamir and Mitchell 
found that people do this thing called anchoring, which essentially means that we infer what someone else's experience is like using the information from our own experiences, which likely means that we are interpreting other people's experiences incorrectly. And in 2018, Myron Lieberman discovered that there is a certain area of the brain that activates when we are not doing anything, not working or engaging in demands, just at rest. It's a sort of default mode. This is the same area of the brain that activates when we're thinking about ourselves. So think about that. Most people who are at the pool or at the beach are probably relaxing in this default mode. They are quite literally just zoning out and daydreaming about themselves, their past experiences, and also how they feel that right in that moment, right then. They are definitely not thinking about you, and not even the people you have a conversation with are often really thinking about you either. Now, that's not meant to be depressing and to say that people don't care about you. That's definitely not the truth. But I do feel like when you can recognize that people are not sitting there thinking about your body, judging your body, questioning why you look the way that you look, it can be really helpful. And then also to add on to that, because I know many of you may be thinking, well, but someone's commented on my body before, or this person said this about someone else. There is the other layer of the fact that people that are commenting on someone else's body or what they're eating or their exercise, they are struggling themselves. And so that adds another layer to this. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Now, the next thing that I would do to help with the emotional and mental aspects of going into the season is diversifying your feed. I seriously, I would scream this from the rooftops if I could because it is so important. Seeing a variety of different bodies every single day helps so much in terms of how we feel about ourselves. We used to see a lot of different bodies when we left our house, but now A lot of us see more people online than we do in person. And also, many of you guys may live in an area where it's not very diverse. I know Austin, Texas is not a very diverse area. And so I don't feel like I get to see all of the different people that I can see on my feed or see if I travel somewhere else that's a a different type of city. And so by looking for other people that live in different bodies, that are of different races, different experiences, we can recognize that there are so many different diverse types of people. And it helps us to recognize that we are just one amongst those different diverse types of people rather than feeling like, oh, everyone looks like this supermodel or this Instagram influencer and I look like this. Who you see is so important, and I know that it's such a cliche of, oh, the people that you surround yourself with, you're like the five people you're closest to are the people that influence you the most, but if you do apply that to the situation of social media, you can see how if you see these certain people that all reside in a similar type of body, all live a certain type of lifestyle, all wear similar type of things, it can start to affect how you think about yourself. Another thing that can really help with the emotional and mental experience of this season is the idea of body neutrality and even more simplified remembering that your body is just a vessel. Now, this isn't the most novel idea, but it can be a very helpful reframe during swimwear season and during the warmer months because a lot of what we saw for years 
was a push for body positivity and loving your body with its flaws. Like, I have flaws and that makes my body beautiful. Now, I'm not saying that idea is wrong, but I would say that it still puts an emphasis on having to love your body and also that the way that your body looks does have some type of effect on your overall worth. So if we change and pivot more into body neutrality, this tells us that we don't have to love our body. We can have bad body image days. We can have amazing body image days. And all that that is is just a plot point. It's just recognizing that this is how I feel today. It's not going to be how I feel every single day. And it's not what makes my worth. So I will lean into it when I'm having that great body image day and hype myself up. And when I'm having that bad body image day, I will lean away from those emotions, get comfortable, and do the best I can to recognize that, again, these aren't going to be forever and be able to move through them. If you feel like the concept of body neutrality is really hard, there is some merit to the fact that it is hard, especially if you're coming from a disordered or dysmorphic relationship to your body. So just recognize that with this tip, if it does feel very unreachable, there is likely some other work that would be helpful for you to do that you could do in a program like Live Unrestricted or sometimes with the therapist, depending on what you're dealing with, to help to make this feel more accessible. So don't feel like if it feels inaccessible now, that means you could never do it. But I will say for those of you that feel like, okay, yep, I want to try to do this, A good tool is when you're feeling overwhelmed, try to get back into the present moment. Think about where you're at. Think about what you can feel. You know, can you feel the sand in your toes or the water on your skin? Can you hear the sounds of the ocean or little kids splashing in the pool? Can you smell the salty ocean spray or the pool chlorine or your sunscreen? We can take in everything that is going on in that moment, and this can help to not only draw us away from the fact that we're starting to lean into that worry about our body, but it can also get us back into the moment and appreciate it more and even just enable us to have more understanding, gratitude, and appreciation for our bodies and where we're at. If this type of methodology doesn't work for you, that's okay. Just know that there are lots of ways to go about this and to use what is in your toolkit, but I have found that this can be really successful if you're able to go through it. And even sometimes you can have someone else that's supportive of your journey help you to go through that. And if you If they start to notice you getting overwhelmed or you're able to express that to them, you could go through it together. Now, last but not least, let's talk about boundary setting and the aspect of other people and uncomfortable conversations with other people as well. To start off, I do want to throw it back to the 2018 Myron Lieberman study about anchoring for a second here. Sometimes when people say something that you think is judgmental, it may not be. PhD neuroscientist Dr. Deb Nobleman brought a really interesting point to this study. She made the point that applying this anchoring concept to judgments, 
shows that people are using their own thoughts and experiences as an anchor for their assumptions about other people. And this doesn't just apply to their positive comments, it applies to their more harsh comments about you or others. Dr. Nobleman specifically said, what I've seen is that people are often harshest and most judgmental about parts of other people that they are insecure about themselves. So she asks us, asks us to think critically. And the next time that someone says something judgmental towards you, ask yourself, what negative thoughts do they have about themselves that anchor their belief about you? That is kind of the same thing that I was touching on earlier in the sense of most people that comment on body image or food or exercise, they're struggling with it themselves, but it takes it to a more scientific-based conversation. And when we think about this in terms of bikini season, it may be helpful because it allows for you to have more context on why someone may be saying something. In reality, most of the time there is going to be someone that says something that makes you feel bad during the summer months. It could be something about you. It could be something about themselves. It could be just a general comment or it could be a comment about someone else. But we should almost just prepare to be able to have that happen. And while that mindset shift can be very helpful in recognizing why they may have done that, you also can set boundaries for yourself about what you allow, how you will answer both indirectly and directly, and just overall what type of boundaries you want to have. So, Let's talk a little bit about indirect versus direct boundary setting. So indirect boundary setting is essentially when you are maintaining your boundary for yourself without necessarily letting the other person know that's what you're doing. Indirect boundary setting is typically best for people who you don't see very often or not very close with or people who are not receptive or open-minded to other ways of being or someone that you know will be irritated with that direct boundary setting slash ignore it. Now, a good example of this is a grandparent. The reason why I use that example is because they are someone that is often, they may not be receptive to boundary setting. It is not often for ill intention, but they may not remember. They may just not have the capacity to complete that change. And although you may have a desire to set a more direct boundary, and you can, of course, try it may just not be worth your energy. Now, there are other people that are harmful and maybe they're directly just against you having your own healthy boundaries. And you may want to deal with those two people in different ways, but I just wanted to give some examples. So, some ways that you could go about indirectly setting a boundary is if someone makes a comment, you could change the subject so that you just don't have to engage with it and you can move on to something else. This is your way of maintaining your boundaries for yourself without needing to tell the other person about your specific boundaries. It can also come in the form of statements that indirect boundary setting to let the person know that you don't really approve of what they said without explicitly stating that it bothered you. It's a little bit passive aggressive, but you can still do it. 
oh, what a strange thing to say out loud. Or, oh, wow, yeah, I don't really like to think of myself like that. Or, oh, I'm really surprised that you felt comfortable enough to share that with another person. Or, I really don't think I'm the right fit for, I'm the right person to be having this conversation with. And there are so many other things, too. You know, this typically would make the person feel a little uncomfortable, most likely, or even embarrassed, and they may change the subject themselves. So that is a little bit more direct, but it's still indirect in the nature that you're not specifically discussing the boundary or the topic itself. There is also direct boundary setting. So direct boundary setting, of course, is telling the person directly, hey, can we please not talk about X topic? Direct boundary setting is best for close friends, family, people that you feel that you want to be able to know how something affects you, and especially people that you see regularly, that this will really benefit too. It can be really beneficial so that you don't have to change the conversation topic every 30 seconds if someone is continually bringing this stuff up. And also, it could be a lot less emotionally, mentally draining. And there are a lot of times where someone in this position may not recognize that this stuff is hurting you or bothering you. And so they keep bringing it up, but they don't have that idea that you're feeling the way that you're feeling. So some examples of this could be, oh, I love your sense of humor. It's one of my favorite things about you. But right now I'm working on my relationship with my body. I've been struggling to feel confident and I would appreciate if you could not make comments about my body or other people's bodies. Or I love that you want to talk about your new diet with me. It makes me so happy that you want to connect with me. But right now I'm trying to X, Y, and Z, fill in what you would want to say. Or I really appreciate that you're concerned about me right now but I have professional help and I'm working on it in my own way. I'd really appreciate it if fill in whatever you want to say. Hopefully, as you think about the people in your life and the ones that you may see the most often or infrequent over this summer, you can develop somewhat of a response toolkit and maybe merge direct, indirect, and ignoring, which is indirect, but just having different types of responses that are your go-to. And I think there's even more indirect responses or almost, I would say, more of like a mixture of the two. Sometimes someone will say something more general like, oh, well, I shouldn't be having the burger today because I'm going to be in a swimsuit. And you could just say something like, hey, you don't need to stress about that burger. You should have what you really want. That is not something that is so direct. It's also not completely indirect. It's almost a merge between the two. And there's a number of different ways that you could share something like that as well. So choose what resonates with you and also choose what resonates per specific experiences that you have. I hope that as we went through this, you feel like you have a stronger toolkit on how to navigate this season And I really hope more than anything that it allows for you to really be able to enjoy because summer is meant to be fun. It's meant to be enjoyable to be able to go out and do experiences that we don't get to do. And I totally understand that it can be hard, but I believe if you are able to set up almost different toolkits for different days and feel more prepared going into it with all of these different things that we talked about, 
you should be able to have a much more enjoyable experience. No question about it. And as I was alluding to in the beginning and through the middle of the podcast, if you listen to this and it feels super unattainable to you, that's a sign that there's just more work to be done before we're fully at this point. And having support around food and body image and exercise would be very useful for you so that you can fully live and enjoy these moments and experiences and make these memories. It's totally possible and you just need the right support. So again, that link for Live Unrestricted is in the show notes and I'm so appreciative of you being here today and listening. If you know someone in your life that you feel this podcast would be helpful for, the best way that you could support is by sharing it with them or giving me a rating or a review if you personally enjoyed it. If you ever have a topic that you want to see, there is a link in the show notes where you can submit it on my website. You can also shoot me a DM, but website we see very easily and we always mark it down to try to have it in a future episode at some point. And if you have any questions about this or thoughts that you want to share, I would love to hear them. Feel free to get in contact with us so that we can chat more about it. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you again for being here and I'll see you guys next week.